Welcome to this Audio Digest edition of The National from Monday the 23rd of September to Wednesday the 2nd of October 2019 read by volunteers at Cune Review Print Speaking to the Blind at our studios in Bishop Briggs. The headlines. Scottish school children pay tribute to heroes of Arnhem. Memorial event marks anniversary of Second World War battle. Judgment Day at Supreme Court as ruling on Prime Minister's prorogation set to be issued. Scotland takes 17% of UK's Syrian refugees. Minister says new figures back up welcoming country message. Swinson slammed for comments on same nationalism. Lib Dem leader says Scottish position is the same as English. Sturgeon hits out at untrustworthy Prime Minister as MPs return. FM, Johnson cannot be allowed bully through no deal. Civil servants work on preparations for Indy Scotland. Secret memo reveals behind-the-scenes work by officials. Joe Swinson is a Tory trend as Lib Dem leader sees Brexit backlash. It's crucial for SNP to pick the bold moves. Johnson is down, but not out. Opposition parties must make most of chance to capitalise on Supreme Court ruling secured by smarts of MP Kerry. Johnson pressed on granting powers for India Rev 2 in heated common session. Q and Review Print Speaking to the Blind are a charity based in Bishop Briggs. We're currently looking to recruit volunteer access to audio ambassadors in Eastern Bartonshire to place leaflets and business cards at businesses, shops and amenities in the area and to show the public how to listen to daily and weekly online articles from the Herald Scotland, Evening Times, The National and Inside Soap magazine for free. If you would like to volunteer and become an Access to Audio Ambassador, please contact Michael Rankin on 0141 772 3976 or email aaatl@qandreview.com. That's aaatl at qandreview.com. In addition, we are also recruiting for volunteer readers and technicians. If you're interested in reading or technically supporting a recording team, please contact us on 0141-772-3976 or email information at qandreview.com. Details of all of our volunteering opportunities are available on our website at qandreview.com. Thank you. Now, back to the main programme. The National, Monday, September 23rd, 2019. News. Scottish school children pay tribute to heroes of Arnhem. Memorial event marks anniversary of Second World War battle. This article is unattributed. 31 Scottish pupils joined hundreds of Dutch children in laying flowers at the graves of the fallen heroes of the Battle of Arnhem. Each clutching a single rose, they were among the children applauded by onlookers during yesterday's service. The Scottish contingent were from Annan Academy in South West Scotland and aged 14 to 17. In September 1944, the ill-fated Operation Market Garden saw more than 10,000 Commonwealth and Polish troops drop by parachute or glider at Arnhem with 1,500 killed and more than 6,500 captured. Each year since, local children have joined services of remembrance for tradition of laying flowers at the graves of the heroes who fought for the town's liberation. T. 
teacher Jamie Brand, 45, said the school has been visiting Arnhem for more than 30 years due to the King's own Scottish Borders Regiment recruiting from the area during the war. He said, There's never ever been an occasion when we didn't have a young person who has a relative who is either buried there or survived after the Battle of Arnhem. Brand said, each pupil was given an envelope with the soldier's story inside that they were encouraged to read when they found his grave. As this battle slips from loving memory, it's very important to look at the big moral questions that surrounded actions like Arnhem, he said. He added, it was important to acknowledge that our forebearers have done and the sacrifices that they had made. Also at the memorial was a battle of Arnhem veteran who took a dram of whiskey to the grave of his friend during an emotional first return to the Netherlands in 75 years. Sandy Cortman from Aberdeen paid tribute to his former comrade, Private Gordon Matthews of the Parachute Regiment. The 97-year-old former paratrooper has become the star of a week of commemorative events marking the 75th anniversary of the Operation Market Garden after he took part in a tandem parachute drop with the Red Devils. Corkman was just 22 when he parachuted over Arnhem in September 1944 and survived German capture. This article is unattributed. The National, Tuesday, September 24, 2019. Politics. Judgment Day at Supreme Court as ruling on P- Prime Minister's prorogation set to be issued. This article is by Stuart Ward. The Supreme Court will issue its historic ruling over the legality of the five-week suspension of Parliament this morning. Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who has been accused of an unlawful abuse of power, will be in the United States when the Supreme Court announces its findings at 10.30 a.m. Eleven justices have been asked to determine whether his advice to the Queen to prorogue Parliament from September 9 until October 14 was unlawful. Johnson says the five-week suspension is to allow the government to set out a new legislative agenda in the Queen's speech when MPs return. But those who brought legal challenges argue the prorogation is designed to prevent parliamentary scrutiny of the UK's impending exit from the EU on October 31. The Supreme Court heard appeals over three days arising out of separate legal challenges in England and Scotland. While the High Court in London ruled in favour of Johnson, in Scotland a cross-party of MPs and peers led by SNP MP Joanna Cherry QC, won a ruling from the inner house of the court of session that Johnson's prorogation decision was unlawful because it was motivated by the improper purpose of styming Parliament. Ahead of today's ruling, Cherry said, we're in unprecedented constitutional territory and today's ruling at the Supreme Court over whether or not the Prime Minister's decision to prorogue parliament was lawful encapsulates the chaos that continues to consume this Tory government. Depending on the legal basis upon which the judges reach their conclusion, parliament may have to re 
convene if Johnson, who has refused to rule out a second suspension, loses the case. Documents submitted to the court revealed three possible scenarios. In the event the court rules the suspension was unlawful, two of which could see Johnson again prorogue Parliament. This article is by Stuart Ward. The National, Monday, September 24th, 2019. News. Scotland takes 17% of UK's Syrian refugees. Minister says new figures back up welcoming country message. This article is by Jane Cassidy. The Scottish Government has welcomed twice as many refugees under the Syrian resettlement scheme as the UK average. New statistics have revealed. Some 18,676 people fled from Syria have resettled in the UK under the Vulnerable Persons Resettlement Scheme, VPRS, with Scotland welcoming 17%, which is 3,180 of the total. In 2015, the UK government committed to taking in 20,000 Syrians driven from the war-torn country by 2020, a commitment they are yet to meet. By contrast, the Scottish government welcomed its 2,000th Syrian refugee at the end of 2017, meeting its target of resettling refugees through the VPRS three years ahead of schedule. SNP MSP Linda Fabiani said, Scotland has a long history of welcoming refugees and asylum seekers from all over the world, and as a nation we have stepped up to meet our global responsibilities in tackling the refugee crisis. Our ambition for Scotland is an unshamely international and outward-looking country. It's heartening to see communities across Scotland welcome those fleeing conflict in Syria with open arms. Fabini added, By contrast, the UK government has neglected its responsibilities, instead choosing to ramp up its anti-immigrant rhetoric and policies to make the UK a hostile environment for those who want to come here or have no other choice. With Boris Johnson as Prime Minister, that's only set to get worse. The resettlement programme is about helping families in desperate need to build secure lives and helping people fleeing trauma to feel safe. The UK government must do more to follow Scotland's lead and to build a fair and humane immigration system. This article is by Jane Cassidy. The National, Tuesday, September 24th, 2019. Politics. Swinson slammed for comments on same nationalism. Lib Dem leader says Scottish positions as the same as English. This article is by Laura Webster and Kirstine Patterson. Lib Dem leader Joe Swinson triggered an online backlash yesterday after saying Scottish and English nationalism are no different. Speaking to the Herald, the Eastern Bartonshire MP dismissed statements that the Scottish nationalism is different as an example of exceptionalism which suggests we are better than others. She also claimed both forms of nationalism force people to choose between the identities of European, British and Scottish. And Swinson said she was more determined than ever in her support for the Union as a result of the Brexit process. She said, would I rather have a cup of tea with Nicola Sturgeon and Nigel Farage? Yes. But ultimately, it's about exceptionalism for one nation and trying to be defined around that nationhood rather than being more open to those people that are our closest neighbours. Ultimately, Scottish nationalism still wants to break up the United Kingdom, and even when it says Scottish nationalism is different, there's an exceptionalism which sort of says we're better than others, which is a, 
a humanist. I don't believe it. I love Scotland. I love Britain. I don't think that makes us better than other people elsewhere. That we should be working with them and we can achieve more together. So it's that openness that's important. But Reader said Swinson was dangerous out of touch with Scotland and its desire to be an equal member of the EU and suggested that the politician who doesn't live in Eastern Balkanshire anymore should visit her constituency more often and she should see they are very, very different. An Edinburgh University politics expert, Professor Isla Henderson, tweeted, I just written an 80,000 word book on English nationalism and I can say categorically that this ain't true. The tome is set to be published and Henderson went on to state that Swinson claims on identity just not reflected in the data. Meanwhile, further Education Minister Richard Lockhead commented Joe Swinson saying Scottish nationalism, presumably she's referring to independence movement, is the same as English nationalism we're seeing at the moment. Political leaders making such lazy and silly comments to score is debasing political debate. Despite opposing the two while opting to effectively ignore the Brexit referendum result, Swinson said our party's position is consistent, stating we believe the best future is for Scotland to be in the UK and the UK to be in the EU. On her support for the union, she went on, I'm more determined because when you saw that the Brexit vote happened and now we see that it's where it's led to, it's been a textbook demonstration of why breaking up is hard to do and the type of chaos we've been married in if we were. Slowly in independence negotiations, the interlinking of 300 years of union has been much, much deeper than 40 years of European Union. This article is by Laura Webster and Kirstine Patterson. Visually impaired people are being invited to see if they are eligible for a free, specially adapted radio from a charity. The British Wireless for the Blind Fund, BWBF, provides the equipment to those with sight loss around the UK who meet its criteria. Radio is a lifeline to those who are blind and partially sighted, providing companionship and helping them to keep in touch with what's going on in the world, as well as in the local community. BWBF offers equipment free of charge to those who have sight loss and are in receipt of a means-tested benefit. BWBF is launching its Reaching Out campaign to try and increase awareness about their equipment and help more people who are blind and partially sighted. Our regional development manager Sophie Weldon said, Our radios are designed so that a person with sight loss can use them easily and independently. All equipment is delivered to the home by a volunteer who sets it all up and provides support in using it. We offer a range of equipment, digital radios, CD players, memory stick players, internet radio and even a specially designed app. Our radios are vital to someone who cannot see. They provide news, information and entertainment, but also, more importantly, companionship and a friendly service. If you or someone you know is interested in a BWBF radio, please contact Sophie Weldon at sophie at blind.org.uk That is S-O-P-H-I-E at B-L-I-N-D dot or phone 01283 790 that's 01283 or on 07540-724-063. find out more about the British Wireless for the Blind Fund, follow us on Twitter at British Wireless, like us on Facebook, or go to blind.org.uk. Now, back to the main programme. The National... Thursday, September 26, 2019. Politics. Sturgeon hits out at untrustworthy Prime Minister as MPs return. FM. Johnson cannot be allowed 
bully through no deal. This article is by Andrew Learmonth. Boris Johnson challenges Labour and the SNP to turf him out of number 10, promising them a vote of no confidence in his administration if they asked for it. First Minister Nicola Sturgeon accused the Prime Minister of being untrustworthy and craven with not a shred of concern for the consequences of his words or actions. It was a dramatic night in the House of Commons, which resumed yesterday after Tuesday's damning Supreme Court ruling declared Parliament's prorogation unlawful and therefore null and void. The Prime Minister infuriated the opposition after he appeared to dismiss a Labour's MP's claims of death threats and abuse as humbug. In his statement, Johnson said, if Labour did not have confidence in the government, they have a chance to prove it. He added, they have until the House rises today to table a motion of no confidence in the government and we can have that vote tomorrow. Or if any of the small parties fancy a go, table the motion, we'll give you time for that vote. Will they have the courage to act or will they refuse to take responsibility yet again and do nothing but delay? Labour, the SNP, the Lib Dems and played Cremu all rejected the offer. In his response, Corbyn said that Johnson should have resigned as Prime Minister, adding, yet here he is forced back to his house to face the scrutiny he tried to avoid without a shred of humility. Ian Blackford, the SNP's Westminster leader, asked Johnson if he had any shame. He added, the Prime Minister's position is no longer tenable. His failure to resign is an embarrassment. We have reached a difficult and dangerous point, not just in relation to the Brexit crisis, but for the constitutional future of these islands and indeed the future of our democracy. In her statement released later, Blackford said the SNP would vote for an election as soon as they were confident the threat of a devastating no-deal Brexit is off the table. He added, if Johnson will not resign, then opposition parties must work together to remove the Tories from office through a general election as quickly as possible. We are not powerless and doing nothing is not an option. This is a time for leadership. In a tweet, the First Minister called on Johnson to stop his shameful game playing, she added. If he requests an extension and removes risk of no deal on 31st of October, at the SNP will vote for an election. The ball's in his court, but he must think we button up the back if he believes we'll let him force through a no-deal Brexit. Sturgeon later tweeted, I feel disgust watching Johnson. Untrustworthy, craven, not a shred of concern for the consequences of his words or actions. Unfit for office in every sense, the opposition do, do need to untie him on a proper plan to get rid of him. But he mustn't be allowed to bully his way to no deal. In his exchange with MPs, Johnson repeatedly described legislation designed to block the government from forcing through a no deal Brexit on October 31st as a surrender act. MP after MP after MP stood up, adding the Prime Minister to modify his language. Labour's Paula Sheriff and Johnson was used 
pejorative language to describe an act of parliament passed by the house. She asked him to remember the murder of Joe Cox killed by a far-right Brexit supporter. And I'm sure you would agree that we should not resort to using offensive, dangerous or inflammatory language for legislation that we do not like. She added, Many of us in this place are subject to death threats and abuse every single day. And let me tell you the Prime Minister, they often quote in his words, The Surrender Act, Betrayal, Traitor, and I for one am sick of it. We must moderate our language and it has come from the Prime Minister first. Johnson described Sheriff's claims as humbug. He later said the best way to honour the memory of Joe Cox would be to get Brexit done. Downing Street said that if the opposition parties did not take up the Prime Minister's offer to table a no-confidence motion, the government would take it as a mandate to press on with Brexit. They have an opportunity tomorrow. Should they take it to have a confidence vote, the Prime Minister's official spokesman said, if not, then it will be taken as confidence in the government and the government will hopefully be allowed to get on with the implementing its strategy and delivering Brexit on October 31st. This article is by Andrew Leomont. The National, Thursday, September 26, 2019. Politics. Civil servants work on preparations for Indie Scotland. Secret memo reveals behind-the-scenes work by officials. This article is by Kathleen Nutt. Civil servants began secretly working behind the scenes two years ago to pave the way for Scotland to be set up as an independent country. Scottish government documents have dramatically revealed. The bombshell memo written by Civil Service Chief Leslie Evans to Nicola Sturgeon and copied to John Swinney and Derek Mackay informed the First Minister that officials would prepare for arrangements for a transition period between a yes vote and the creation of a new state. In it, the Permanent Secretary wrote, It will be important to, for the Civil Service to develop robust plans to ensure our readiness to implement either outcome of the referendum. That work will include transitional planning for moving to an independent Scotland. The memo was sent by Evans on the 29th of March 2017, two weeks after the First Minister announced her plans to hold a second referendum between the autumn of 2018 and the spring of the following year. Amid the turmoil of Brexit, she later dropped plans to hold a vote in that timescale and subsequently set out proposals for a second independence vote in late next year. The memo also reveals evidence telling the First Minister that work on the referendum would be carried out alongside work on EU withdrawal as well as work on education and implementation of its wider policy agenda. We will also seek to present ministers with evidence and analysis including on the wider amplifications that may arise from decisions and actions required to prepare for a referendum whether individually or aggregate. That analysis will include offering a view about the impact that delivering the referendum and preparing for its outcome might have on the government's wider programme of activity to deliver your programme for government commitments. 
However, we understand our strong commitment to delivery of the government's wider priorities and to the continued focus on education as the government's defining mission. It went on, preparing for both the referendum and for the UK's departure from the EU will require focus and careful management. Work on a referendum will take place in parallel with the work to prepare for the impact of exiting the European Union. Following the, the Prime Minister's notification today of her intent to pursue that outcome, we will ensure that the Ministers have the support that they need in order to exert the maximum influence in the UK-EU negotiations. The memo also warned some areas of Scottish Government work would have to take a back seat as some would have to do away to cope with Brexit as planning intensified for the referendum and its aftermath. We will continue our work to ensure that we are using resources of the civil service to maximum effect and to identify where we see scope for deprioritisation of activity and essential augmentation of skills or capacity which would be necessary by the Brexit notwithstanding the decision on the referendum it said. The memo was obtained by the Scottish Conservatives under Freedom of Information Legislation Act. Leader Jackson Carlaw said the SNP tried to keep this document under wraps and it's clear why. It shows that delivering Nicola Sturgeon's referendum on independence won't just divide our country all over again. It will push your school, your local hospital and your high street to the back of the queue. A spokesman for the Constitutional Affairs Secretary Mick Russell hit back. The only thing revealed here is the state of utter panic the Scottish Tories have been reduced to in the opposition to the independence referendum that they know is coming and which they know they are losing the argument on. We've entirely opened about the fact we are preparing for a referendum and this material shows how, regardless of that, it is Brexit which is impacting on our day-to-day work in other areas. The Scottish Greens co-leader Patrick Harvey said we all know independence is coming so it's absolutely appropriate that the civil service begins to prepare for the transition to becoming a new European nation. This article is by Kathleen Nutt. The National, Wednesday the 2nd of October 2019. News. Joe Swinson is a Tory trend as Lib Dem leader sees Brexit backlash. By The Joker, Troublemaker. Scottish Tory, sorry, Scottish Lib Dem leader Joe Swinson will not back an interim UK government headed by Jeremy Corbyn. The SNP have stressed the need to install an interim Prime Minister after a vote of no confidence in Boris Johnson in a bid to block the possibility of a no-deal Brexit on October 31st. The fear is that if Johnson remains in power, he could wriggle his way out of writing to the EU to request an extension, as is the current path following his government defeat in Parliament. Swinson, however, will not have Corbyn as even the most temporary of Prime Ministers, Instead, she wants a Tory such as Ken Clark or Labour's Margaret Baquette. Labour do not want this. Given her voting record and her role as advocate for a statue of Margaret Thatcher, once again Swinton is facing accusations of a little too much loyalty to the Tories. In fact, there was such a backlash that hashtag Joe Swinton is a Tory trended on Twitter across the UK. This article is written by The Joker, Troublemaker. Remember, this weekly digest programme is just a selection of what we produce. You can access more daily content online for free at qandreview.com forward slash free podcasts. For free daily podcasts of the Herald Scotland and Evening Times and weekly digests of the National and Inside Soap magazine. 
Alternatively, you can access all of these services via a BWBF Sonata Plus internet radio player. Now, back to the main programme. The National, Thursday, September 26, 2019. Opinion. It's crucial for SNP to pick the bold moves. Johnson is down, but not out. Opposition parties must make most of chance to capitalise on Supreme Court ruling secured by smarts of MP Kerry. This article is by Leslie Reddock. Boris is down. Boy is he down. Network BBC TV may not acknowledge the singular role played by Joanna Kerry, but every fair-minded person in the UK knows her tenacity, legal knowledge, belief in democracy and the ability to attract cross-party support are the only reasons the House of Commons was sitting yesterday. Her team made sure the Court of Session judges saw an email exchange that proved Boris had been planning to suspend Parliament weeks before announcing his Queen's speech as say difficulties. It was this crucial evidence of bad faith that prompted the Edinburgh judges to declare his suspension unlawful and gave the Supreme Court no option but to follow suit. Boris finally stumbled into the Commons last night, as boorish and defiant as always, but looking get-lagged and evidently struggling. All because one independent supporting MP could see what her more numerous, better-funded unionist colleagues could not, a way to act instead of just marking time. Perhaps that comes from a life of refusing to accept the deadening status quo of British politics. Joanna Kerry and her SNP colleagues spend life on the front foot. At last, their constancy and purposefulness is reaping rewards in the court of Scottish public opinion. No wonder it was quite a result. Since the court of sessions bold stand, there's been a fraction of pride that our courts were quite prepared to ruffle southern fells in their determination to guarantee fair play, and a bit of a surprise. Most of us regard the Beaks as initially conservative bunch, part of a well-heeled establishment whose instincts are to maintain the status quo, but that was wrong. The three Scottish judges were siding with the Remain against the Leave, Scotland against England, or Independence against Union. They simply applied the standards of the Scottish law and didn't waver. But there was no expectation the court and the big smoke would back them up, partly the result of their bit of better experience, partly pessimism after the earlier verdict of the lesser London court, but mostly the ex- expectation derived from decades following the beautiful game. Invariably, Scotland surprised for one game only to feel spectacular next, but not this time. Just for one glorious and all-important occasion, Scottish values managed to prevail twice in as many weeks. Boris was hoiked back from Washington, though of course he softened the blow by taking the 7,000 mile road trip in a private 355-seater jet, nave rubbing with the unwashed for our Boris. Parliament was reconvened, the Tory government, which had seen no need for the Commons to make statements on every issue from the collapse of Thomas Cook to Brexit readiness. As a result, the unwavering remain supporting reputation of the SNP is up, Joanna Kerry's personal standing is up and Boris is down, but he ain't out. And that's why the SNP leadership needs to galvanise the opposition once again. No opposition party except the SNP seems ready to put Boris out of his misery, call his bluff and vote for a no-confidence motion. 
Of course, Labour, the Lib Dems and various constellations of Tory rebels have called for the disgraced Tory leader to resign. But unless the Labour Party tables a vote of no confidence or backs such a motion by the government, Boris will stay on, shaken but only merely stirred by the illegal events of this week. And if he stays on, he could conceivably get a deal before October 31st and portray himself as the saviour of the Leave voting majority in the Parliament versus the people, general election that will inevitably fall. Yes, that seems an extraordinary claim given that till recently, no talks, papers or ideas have been forthcoming from any part of the UK government. But while Johnson was hogging the headlines in Washington, more significant talks were happening closer to home between the Irish Prime Minister Leo Vardkar and the DUP leader Arlene Foster. It looks as if the Ulster Unionist leader, rattled by Brexit fury within the loyalist business and farming community, may finally be ready to consider the solution suggested years ago by the EU itself. Namely, that the backstop preventing a hard border in Ireland could apply only to Northern Ireland creating a border in the Irish Sea rather than the Irish mainland. Theresa May balked at this in 2017 saying Northern Ireland couldn't have different custom rules to the rest of the UK and British citizens in Northern Ireland couldn't face the ignominy of standing in the same non-UK queues as Irish citizens in the British ports and airports. The DUP's neurotic Intransitioned reaction was always given a credence and never deserved to simply because of the party's role showing up the Tories' wafer thin majority. But thanks to Boris Johnson's recent Night of the Long Knives, those DUP votes are now less important. Shifting the border to the IRC would rightfully allow Nicola Sturgeon to ask why remaining inside the EU, customs union, and single market isn't an option for this Remain voting nation, too. Furthermore, making frictionless trade across the Irish border more important than trade with RUK only strengthens the case for Irish reunification, but Britain rarely worries about long-term political survival as a more immediate priority. Of course, even if a shifting DUP allows Boris Johnson to opt for an Irish sea border, there are still big problems. Firstly, the EU will be wary about handling control over goods reaching the EU to Britain when its rules and standards may quickly diverge from EU norms post-Brexit. Secondly, the Irish backstop is just the most obvious problem of Theresa May's old deal and the easiest to scapegoat. If the Irish border issue is resolved, the next big problem will be to take centre stage the fact that it would be impossible for Britain to have a frictionless EU trade without a single market and customs union membership, so hard truth remains. Even if a no-deal Brexit is adverted and Boris brings Theresa May's plus deal back to Parliament at the 11th hour, even if it gets the backing of a terrified DUP, even if it gets the backing of the EU and Leo Vardkar as the best of a bad job. A slightly rehashed version of Theresa May's rubbish Brexit still spells isolationist disaster for Scotland and Britain and allows Boris to stay style himself as the Cape Brexit crusader, finally managed to do the impossible and get Britain out of the EU before Halloween with a deal. There is an alternative to the Groundhog Weeks that beckon as fear opposition lets Boris Johnson run down the clock while he freshens up Theresa May's old deal. The bold course for the SNP is to encourage action today by supporting a vote for no confidence and participating in the creation of a caretaker government, led by Jeremy Corden or whoever. That caretaker government can spend a week ensuring the Ben Bill prohibiting and don't deal Brexit is actually watertight before announcing the date of our general election in six weeks time and simultaneously applying to the EU for a three month extension or longer if the EU desires it to enable that election to take place. The SNP should request a section 30 order from the caretaker government 
If it's accepted, great. If it's refused, the forthcoming election offers Scots a chance to show they want the right to hold a second independence referendum when the time is deemed right by our Scottish Government. The election will be fought in England on the shades of Brexit Grey presented by Westminster's Unionist parties and in Scotland on a platform of independence. So it ain't over if the SNP can stay nimble on its collective feet and take advantage of the leadership role Joanna Cherry's intervention has bestowed on Scots. The Brexit crisis can yet have a resolution that allows Scotland to progress towards a far better future. Will the party grasp the thistle? This article is by Leslie Riddock. The National Thursday, September 26, 2019 Politics Johnson pressed on granting powers for India Rev 2 in heated common session. This article is by Andrew Learmonth. The Prime Minister seemingly moved out to rule a second independence referendum last night, refusing to say if he would grant the Scottish Government a Section 30 order. As Boris Johnson addressed the MPs last night in a heated and rowdy session in the Commons, the SNP's Joanna Cherry urged him to grant Holyrood a Section 30 order. He said, If he must take England on the, to the rocks, and I hope he doesn't, will he recognise the democratic mandate of Scottish Parliament and agree the means for a second independence referendum to be held in Scotland? The Tory chief rejected the offer. He told Cherry, The people of Scotland voted decisively to remain in 2014, to remain in the United Kingdom, the most successful union of nations in history, and they were told it was a once-in-a-generation vote. Earlier this month, Nicola Sturgeon told MSPs that she was going to ask for a Section 30 order, the legal powers to stage a new independence referendum, to hold a vote next year. Johnson has so far refused to rule out granting the order. He told the Scottish Parliament, We intend to offer the people of Scotland the choice of a better and more positive future as an independent nation. We will seek agreement to the transfer of power that will put the referendum beyond legal challenge. We have a clear democratic mandate to offer the choice of independence within the term of Parliament, and we intend to do so. Last night, Angus McNeil asked Johnson what he would do when that request arrived at number 10. This Brexit debate is certainly an agent for change, McNeil said. He added, The SNP Scottish Government has a mandate to hold an independence referendum, which I hope he respects. The First Minister of Scotland has said she intended before Christmas to ask for a Section 30 order to facilitate the referendum in the next year. Can the Prime Minister give Scotland an update? Will he agree to a Section 30 order when the Scottish Government asks for it, so Scottish Government can hold the mandated referendum? McNeil added, yes or no. Johnson replied, the people of Scotland were promised it was a once in a generation referendum, and we must respect that promise. Mary Black also pushed Johnson on the promises made during the independence referendum. In 2014, as has been pointed out, Scotland voted to remain in the UK and it did so on the promise that the only way to ensure our EU membership was through voting no to independence. 2016 came and we had another referendum and Scotland, by constituency and every other constituencies in Scotland, voted to remain in the EU. So I was going to ask the Prime Minister, since he's brought us towards this no-deal chaos, I was going to ask him, if he stocked up on enough brassel for his neck, but seemingly he doesn't need it. What I will say is just where does he even begin to justify the absolute hell he's p- about to put on my constituents and more so just how gullible does he think they are. Jonathan said if Black really dis- disagreed so violently with the course that the government had taken, then she and the SNP could table on no conference for it. She cru- she's clearly refusing to do that, he added. A recent YouGov poll published earlier suggested most Scots want a second vote on independence within the next five years. 
This article is by Andrew Learmonth. Thank you for listening to this audio digest of The National from Monday the 23rd of September to Wednesday the 2nd of October 2019.